Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories number 17. In his travels, Jesus enters a home, a home so crowded that he and his disciples are unable to eat. While there, Jesus throws a demon out of a man, but there are doubters in the crowd, doubters who say that Jesus is doing this through the power of Beelzebub, or Satan, How will Jesus respond to this accusation? You know he's got an answer. Stay with us for this episode of Jesus Stories. Yes, you're listening to Jesus Stories, the podcast which tells the stories of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. I'm your storyteller, George Taylor. These stories are brought to you by NarrationByGeorge.com, a resource for audiobooks of many different types, from poetry to science fiction to love stories and action-filled stories. Each different Jesus Stories episode features a different book. A little later on, we'll tell you this episode's feature. If you're new to this podcast, I urge you to go all the way back to the beginning and listen to our previous episodes. We're telling the story of Jesus in chronological order, or as best as can be determined to be chronological order. So what happens before today is important for understanding the events which we will describe in today's Jesus Story episode. When we closed our last episode, Jesus had just forgiven an immoral woman. This is followed by an interesting observation from Luke's gospel. Luke tells us that Jesus begins visiting the towns and the villages nearby to preach. Then he writes this, He took his twelve disciples with him, 
along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Can you picture this party? We have Jesus and his twelve disciples. Add to that Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons thrown out of her. Then there is Joanna, the wife of Herod's business manager. This lady probably had some money due to her husband's position. And then there is Susanna, whom we know nothing about from the scripture. Plus, there are many others who are contributing financially to support Jesus and his disciples. I think it is telling that there are women mentioned, dare I say, honored for supporting Jesus' ministry. Their first stop is the crowded house we told you about in the first of this episode. It is so crowded that his disciples can't eat. A demon-possessed man is brought to him. The man was both blind and mute. He could not see or speak. Jesus heals the man, throwing the demon out of him. The crowd is astonished. The Greek word used here indicates that the crowd was beside themselves. This was apparently a continual state for these folks. They asked the question, could this be the son of David? Putting this question into 21st century language, is this really the Messiah, the one who will deliver us? The Pharisees hear about this healing, this miracle, and immediately seek to discount it. No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus counters with an illustration. A government or a country which is divided by war will fall. A city or family with division and feuding will also fall. So if Satan throws out Satan, then he will not survive. A demon, a subject of Satan, cannot be thrown out by Satan. And he says, what about your own exorcisms? You can throw out demons too. Are you doing this by the power of Satan? Jesus has torn the logic of their statement apart. Satan can't throw himself out and stand, and he obviously stands. And you do exorcisms, but this can't be by the power of Satan. This only leads to one other power to consider, and that is that these demons are being thrown out by the Spirit of God. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Only someone who is stronger than Satan can throw Satan out. But Jesus is not done with his teaching the crowds and the Pharisees. He next asserts, anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. In other words, there is no middle ground concerning Jesus. He says, you either have to work with me or you work against me. He continues by saying that every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except for the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Now, what is that? Remember, these Pharisees have just told the crowd that the exorcism of a demon out of this man brought to Jesus was a work of Satan, not the work of the Holy Spirit. And remember, we defined the Holy Spirit as the presence of Jehovah God on earth. So the Pharisees are saying that what Jehovah God did in throwing out a demon 
was the work of Satan. That is a blasphemy. And that is what Jesus says cannot be forgiven. Blasphemy against Jesus can be forgiven, but speaking against the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven. Then Jesus gets really personal. We identify a tree by looking at its fruit. A good tree has good fruit. A bad tree has bad fruit. But you snakes, and yes, he calls them snakes, you can't say anything that is good and right. That's because you harbor evil in your heart. If your hearts were good, you would speak good things. But your hearts are evil, so you speak evil things. And I tell you, he continues, and when he says that, you better listen to what he's saying after this point. He says, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Standing nearby, listening to all of this, was Jesus' physical family, his half-brothers. They tried to take him away, claiming that Jesus was out of his mind. Then some of the teachers of the religious law and some Pharisees make a demand, couched in what looks like a request. Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. <laughs> it looks like they haven't been paying attention. Jesus responds with a direct challenge to them. Your demand for a sign only shows that you're evil. In fact, the only sign you will be given is the sign of Jonah. Whoa, we better stop and explain. You may have heard the story of Jonah. He was a Jewish prophet who received a message from Jehovah God to go to the city of Nineveh to preach. Now, Nineveh was not a Jewish city. It belonged to the Gentile, the non-Jewish world. So Jonah didn't want to go. So he hired passage on a boat and went off in the other direction. While on the boat, a storm comes up. Not just a little storm, either. This was a huge storm that threatened the lives of everyone on board this boat. Everyone's praying to their gods. Jonah is encouraged to pray to his god as well. And Jonah... He comes clean with the crew. He says that the only way to save the crew and the boat is to throw him overboard because he's running away. Initially, the crew didn't want to do this, but ultimately he is thrown overboard. The storm subsides. Jonah is swallowed by what is called a great fish. He remains in that fish for three days. After that time, he spit up onto the beach and he goes on to preach, reluctantly still, but he does preach in Nineveh. And when the people of Nineveh hear the word of Jehovah God coming from Jonah's mouth, they repent of their ways, turning to Jehovah God. So, Jesus says that the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law will only get the sign of Jonah. He says, For as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Jesus continues, saying that the people of Nineveh will condemn these Pharisees and teachers on the day of judgment. The Ninevites repented when they heard of Jonah's preaching, but these teachers are hearing from someone greater than Jonah, and they are refusing to repent. Who is that someone? Yep, it's Jesus. 
When Jesus says that he will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, he is foreshadowing his own death, burial for three days, and then his resurrection back to life. That will be the only sign these Pharisees and teachers of the law will receive. And we'll hear about those events later in these podcasts. In the same way, he continues, the Queen of the South, or depending on your translation, the Queen of Sheba, will condemn these teachers. The Queen of Sheba came to Israel to hear the wisdom of King Solomon, then considered to be the wisest man that lived on the earth. She heard and praised Jehovah God, and now Jesus says, someone greater than Solomon is here, but you will not listen. Again, that someone is Jesus. Jesus then goes back to the first event which started this discourse, the throwing out of the demon from the blind and mute man. He talks about the evil spirit or demon that is thrown out of a person. When that spirit is thrown out, it wanders into a desert, but it cannot find rest. So it decides that it will see if it can go back to where it came from. And when it arrives, it finds that the former home is empty, swept, and in order. There's nothing in the place where it occupied previously. So it moves in, along with seven other spirits that are worse than it is. That person is then worse off than it was before. Jesus then closes with, That will be the experience of this evil generation. And with that statement, Jesus is not only talking about the man who has been healed, but about the nation of Israel and the state of the Jewish teachers at this time. A woman in the crowd cries out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breasts that nursed you. Jesus corrects her. Those who hear the word of Jehovah God and put it into practice are even more blessed. As we said at the outset, this is a crowded house, and Jesus' family, his mother and his half-brothers, are standing outside trying to speak with him. Someone informed Jesus of this, and Jesus asks, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he goes on to redefine his family. He points to his disciples, saying that, If you do the will of Jehovah God, then you are my mother and my brothers. Jesus then repeats from a teaching we've heard before. He says that no one lights a lamp and hides it. No, you put it on a stand so you have light for the house. And your eye, he says, is like that lamp. It illuminates the whole body. Where does that last one come from? Well, there was a Greek belief that the eye actually produced light. That light was for the whole body. Without that light, the body was in complete darkness. Jesus is likening his teaching to light, light which illuminates the house or the whole body. Then... Jesus gets another dinner invitation, but it doesn't go so well. We'll talk about that after this message. For each of these podcasts, narrationbygeorge.com features an audiobook for your consideration. This episode's book is a book of poetry penned by Tennessee author Regina Puckett. This author's poetry is beautiful, thoughtful, understandable. If you'd like to listen to a sample, I invite you to check out narrationbygeorge.com slash books and click on the icon for An Open Heart. It's the name of this featured collection of poetry. That's narrationbygeorge.com 
slash books, click on an open heart or click on the link in the show notes. One reviewer says, there are 21 poems to entice the reader, to relax for a few moments, to appreciate the wonderful scent of a beautiful rose. That's poetic within itself. Click on an open heart at narrationbygeorge.com slash books, or as I said, click the link in the show notes. As I said before our message, Jesus has received a dinner invitation. And again, it is from a Pharisee. Jesus goes. He reclines at the table. Remember, we said last time that the first century table was a low table. A person would recline at the table on an elbow with his feet extended out from the table. His host, the Pharisee, was astonished because Jesus didn't wash before coming to the table. Before a Jewish person went to the table to eat, he was to perform a ritual washing of his hands. Jesus has just been with crowds, with demons, so he's definitely unclean, right? By the way, this ritual is not a requirement of Jewish law. It was a rule added by the religious leaders of the day. Now, the Pharisee didn't say anything, but obviously Jesus knew of his surprise at Jesus' actions, or lack of them, so he addresses the Pharisee. You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. Okay, those are tough words for the host of a dinner. And there are other Pharisees there, so it may be a little embarrassing for the host. But Jesus is concerned about their spiritual health. So he replies with words to teach them about true spiritual cleanliness. You strive to look clean on the outside, like the cup you drink from. But you need to be clean on the inside as well, not full of greediness and wickedness. Jesus has taken this ritual of washing for cleanliness to discuss spiritual cleanliness. He doesn't stop there. He pronounces six woes or denunciations of sin, which are addressed first to the Pharisees and then to the teachers of the law. And before I get into these woes, let me explain the theme of all of them. These religious leaders were very good at looking good. They made sure that they kept the minutiae of the law and all the extra rules and regulations which had been added to it. But they were not good about keeping the matters which concerned the heart of a person. They looked good on the outside, but the inside was dirty. They were hypocrites, and Jesus takes them to task for it. So let's get into the woes. The first woe concerns the Pharisees' practice of giving. The law dictated that a tithe, or 10% of their income, be given to Jehovah God through the temple and the priests. This even pertained to the agricultural crops that the people harvested. The Pharisees went so far as to tithe the smallest of their plants, their herbs and spices. So Jesus says, you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. 
all through the writings of the Old Testament, Jehovah God's people are commanded to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, quoting from Micah there. While the Pharisees are careful about the minor commands of Jehovah God, they have ignored the major teachings that this same God also insists upon. The second woe reads like this. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, or woe to you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. You Pharisees love to be seen, to be recognized in public. You love to get the best seats in the synagogues. You love yourselves, not others. Then for the third woe, Jesus says, Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you're like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they're stepping on. In Jewish law and culture, touching a grave or a dead body resulted in ritual uncleanliness. So the Jews were very careful to mark their graves. And in reality, Jesus says, you're like a hidden grave which is walked over without anyone knowing you're there. In other words, the influence that these Pharisees had over the Jewish people, their flock, if you will, was defiling the people without them even knowing about it. Now, among the people at this dinner, I do wonder if they were eating at this point, among the people at this dinner were the teachers of the law. These teachers were responsible for the interpretation of the laws. The Pharisees generally enforced the laws, but a lot of these people were also Pharisees. He says what probably everyone is thinking, this one teacher of the law. He says, teacher, you have insulted us too in what you just said. <laughs> Jesus agrees. Yeah, he agrees, but he doesn't let up. He continues this time addressing the teachers of the law. Yes, he says, agreeing with the teacher. What sorrow also awaits you experts in religious law, in other words, you've got your own issues. For you crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. As I said, the experts in religious law were the interpreters of the law. These interpretations were expected to be obeyed by the people, even if they were hard. But the interpreters never gave any help to the people. Their next woe was also addressed to the experts of the religious law. Jesus says, you build up monuments to the prophets which were killed by your ancestors, but your actions show that you agree with your ancestors in their murdering of these prophets. They killed the prophets, and you join in their crime by building the monuments. Jehovah God even said that the prophets and the apostles who were sent would either be killed or persecuted. So your generation will be held responsible for the murder of all of Jehovah God's prophets from the beginning of time. That's a pretty serious charge. And finally, for the teachers of the law, Jesus says, you remove the key of knowledge from the people. As the interpreters of the scriptures, these teachers of the law were to help people to understand what Jehovah God has said to them. But in their interpretations and reinterpretations, they had kept the knowledge of Jehovah God's law from the people. You don't have an understanding yourself, and you keep others from understanding too. So, how's that for a dinner party? Hmm? Jesus starts to leave. 
The Pharisees and the teachers of the law are hostile, and they peppered him with questions. Now, these questions were not designed to increase their understanding. They were to trap him into saying something they could use against him. These Jesus stories are brought to you by narrationbygeorge.com, a resource for audiobooks of different genres. You'll find romance and nonfiction, classic literature, science fiction, even poetry. And poetry is the featured genre for this episode of Jesus Stories. Author Regina Puckett has written a series of books with some very reachable and expressive poetry. This episode's featured book is An Open Heart, a book with poems with strong imagery and a cozy, heartwarming theme, so says one reviewer. To find this book, go to narrationbygeorge.com books and click on the link for An Open Heart, or click on the link in the show notes. Jesus has more to say about these Pharisees, and not much is complimentary. But we'll have to save that for the next Jesus Stories episode. You'll hear Jesus teaching the crowds about the Pharisees. He'll settle an argument, repeat some of his lessons from the Sermon on the Mount, and tell us a parable about readiness. That's on the next episode. Jesus Stories is a bi-weekly podcast telling the stories of the life of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. If you'd like to help us out by sponsoring this podcast, just send an email to narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. That's narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. That's also the email for any comments, questions, or even corrections you might want to offer to us. Don't forget that we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You can find links in the show notes or on our website, jesusstories.info. Or if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you can search Jesus Stories, the podcast. On Twitter, we are known as Jesus Stories Pod. As show notes, Links for social media, past episodes, they're all on the Jesus Stories website, jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. We'll see you in two weeks for another Jesus Stories episode. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.